0: With frequent wildfires contributing to airborne pollution, the harmful effects of inflammation-free radical exposure are a particular concern. But you can buttress your natural defenses with nutritional support from my friends at NT Factor. Free radicals are highly unstable molecules that can trigger cell damage, leaving your cells less equipped to utilize oxygen. N-T-Factor's breakthrough lipids formula restores energy and undoes the damage to cells caused by free radicals. Breathe clear with N-T-Factor combines the benefits of N-T-Factor with quercetin, a powerful bioflavonoid. In addition to its antioxidant properties, quercetin is an anti-inflammatory. It works to open up the nasal and respiratory passages. For a limited time, buy one container of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get a bottle of Breathe Clear with NT Factor free. Just go to NTFactor.com. That's NTFactor.com or call 800-982-9158. 800-982-9158. This summer, arm yourself with the protective power of NT Factor Lipids Powder. And get Breathe Clear with NT Factor absolutely free, and breathe freely while supporting your body's fight against free radicals. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to field your questions. Questions come to us at questions at drhoffman.net. And with us today, of course, is Layla Mutin, for whom this podcast, this weekly podcast is named. It's Q&A with Layla. And so, how are you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman, how are you? Very good, very good. I'm trying to get back into the swing of things because I took a week off. I'm a little rusty. Ah. Huh. So I just just got back from Canada. I went to the Canadian Rockies and for a very refreshing vacation. Wow. It was it was uh the air was clear. Uh-huh. Although there were actually was a little smoke from the Canadian fire fires for a couple of days, but you know, just a little even haze on the horizon. Even in Alberta, even wow. in Alberta and Western Canada because were some fires in the, uh in uh, Van- in uh, British Columbia. Hmm. And so the air is clear. Uh, The wildlife is wild Uh, I I Didn't see any bears except in uh, gift shops But we did see a lot of elk and we saw a lot of you know ground squirrels and
1: anything to take to the taxidermist
0: Uh, No, except for you know, some errant people lost in the woods Uh, We took some really nice hikes and Uh got some great pictures And uh, mostly, I I didn't do any like real ordeal type activities. I kind of took a a break from my usual routine. Uh, You know, a couple of hotels, I managed to swim a little bit. But I did see as we drove up to some of our destinations, we went to Banff and Mm -hmm. uh, Lake Louise and Jasper. uh, I did see some people going up that uh, north south Canadian highway Uh uh, in the, sometimes in the rain. Uh, with uh, paneers on their bikes and sleeping bags, and going up wow. some pretty steep inclines. Wow! So there's some pretty intrepid cyclists out there. I think that was not to my mm-hmm. taste to make this vacation a you know a real ordeal.
1: Good thing you were in a
0: motor vehicle. I was in a motor vehicle <laughs> with a, you know, fortunately with a with a guide, and yeah, it was it was really really mm-hmm. pretty. Um, mm-hmm. What I'll say for the, the people who live up there. Uh, they really have a committed lifestyle to the outdoors. They they work in the tourist industry. You know they may work as guides or they may work as uh, you know drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we also took a um, we took a rafting trip, oh, wow. which was a little more exciting than I thought it was going to be. It was like class two three rapids as opposed to you know class four five rapids, which is really like Whoa. you know kind of like a, a roller coaster ride. But uh, the, uh, the people who work up there, uh, they're there by choice mm-hmm. because it is kind of isolated. And the pay is probably not that phenomenal. Although, you know, maybe it's a good thing to do between college and graduate school. You know, you go up sure. and you kind of spend some time and hang out, make some money, you know, work as a waitress or, you know, get some tips as a guide and save some money. But they really enjoy the outdoors. So it, it gets mm-hmm. really cold. So they've got to be into winter sports up there many of them are into mountain climbing uh they're into uh skiing uh, skiing and and uh boarding yeah and uh, climbing like really they'll on their off days you know they guide people on on their working Uh days and then for recreation they go like climbing a mountain right you know so it's it's a hearty lifestyle there it's actually pretty pretty cool some of these people yeah um you know the country is really, really beautiful. It's, it's it's hard to take a bad picture. So some of the, you follow me on Facebook. That's where I post most of my pictures. Can mm-hmm. see the the you know the the color of the water is extraordinary because it's glacial water. Wow! Uh, and there's a lot of glaciers up there. You see the glaciers. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you have any doubts about climate change, that part of the world is evidence of climate change, because they have pictures of the glaciers that were first taken in the early days of photography, Mm -hmm. and the contrast is really dramatic. The the glaciers have receded by, sometimes by miles, Mm -hmm. uh, and they kind of, they go up these valleys and they kind of recede up into the mountains, but there's still, like, an enormous amount of ice uh, in those mountains. It's quite Mm -hmm. extraordinary. Wow. So, um... Wow. It's it's worth a trip. I mean, it's one of those bucket list kind of places that you want to you want to see sometime in your lifetime.
1: A- anything special about the cuisine, if anything? Uh,
0: let's see. Well, one of the things that uh, we were we stopped in Montreal because we had to fly across Canada, and in Mon- in Montreal they had this thing called poutine. Oh not yeah, like, not like Vladimir Putin. Uh huh. It's P O U T I N. it's it's like French fries with gravy and cheese.
1: Oh yum!
0: Yeah. <laughs> and there's some places in Montreal where that you can get there's like uh, you know 36 varieties of uh, poutine that you can mm-hmm. get at the, like, not to my taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't really appeal to me. But uh, the food is 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 good there. There's good beef. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fish is not so much local. Yeah, because there is fish in the in the rivers, and I to some extent they're protected. So everything has to be shipped in. It's very expensive. The food is very expensive there because everything has to be shipped in from afar. Yeah, and so I was a little mm-hmm. shocked by the prices of things, and also the Canadian dollar kind of fools you because it's about uh, one dollar will buy you about 120 Canadian. Okay. So, um, something that's like, a meal that's like $70 is really, you know, like $80, you know. Oh, okay, right, like right, that. right. Yeah. So, um, being but, uh, you know, I think the the food was good. It was not, like, overwhelming, you know, but very nice. The, the, they have really fancy hotels in the wilderness there, and they cater to kind of a luxury audience, and they've been doing that. It's a tradition that uh hmm. wealthy people will go into the wilds you know so in the in the in the 1920s they built like a major luxury hotel on a beautiful lake on lake louise it's called the chateau lake louise wow and they have very luxurious uh dining there very you know uh, nice escape yeah yeah to and, go
1: canadian rockies and then have the amenities yes not just is, be roughing it
0: it is really glamping it's <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah high-end yeah. glamping
0: High end glamping, high <laughs> yeah. glamping. right you go. but uh, we had a beautiful cabin by the water in uh, Jasper and uh, you know just and there was wild elk and Wow yeah so it was quite quite nice wonderful wonderful yeah so I feel I feel refreshed it's terrific. and um, you know mm-hmm Back to the grind here in New York.
1: Back to the here we are again in New yep. York, right? Oh gosh. Okay, so we've got a we've got a couple of questions. The subject is kratom. Kratom. K R A T O M. Wow,
0: you're a really wild and crazy bunch of listeners. There. Honestly yeah. from,
1: from both Betsy yeah and from Danny, they want yeah. to know Uh, Betsy writes, I read this morning about a woman whose family was awarded 11 million dollars after her death due to kratom Really reading the story found it's over-the-counter and in very small doses acts like a stimulant Mm. and in larger doses is a painkiller Yeah Um, Would you address the supplements your thoughts on its safety? Many people say it's helped them tremendously uh, But this woman obviously was using unsafe levels. Would it be worth trying a small or moderate dose at times for severe fatigue.
0: Yeah, I I don't really have either direct experience with kratom mm-hmm. nor have I done a lot of research on kratom, but it has been proposed as an alternative treatment for addicts to get them off because yes. it's less addictive or less risky than mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. I and you But know, it can,
1: still can cause Dependence
0: it cause dependency the quality control on the Kratom, you know You can go to a smoke shop and buy Kratom, you know, it's like what are you getting really right? Um, Uh, And according to the drug enforcement Administration which we always have paid attention to I've ever since I've since ever since high school. I have had (laughs) enormous respect for the
1: the DEA (laughs) says can lead to psychotic symptoms and psychological and physiological dependence the FDA has not approved kratom for any medical use.
0: Unlike things like yeah. caffeine, alcohol, and uh, you know, exactly. tobacco, you yeah. know, which are approved.
1: But kratom is not a controlled substance under the Controlled Substances Act. Okay. But there may be some state regulations, prohibitions. Mm-hmm. And what does it do to the body? Some of its side effects can be nausea, itching, sweating, increased urination, tachycardia, drowsiness but but also uh liver toxicity weight loss hallucinations psychosis oh my i wouldn't even try that if i had severe fatigue
0: yeah i I I can think think of other
1: things to do i think the
0: risk benefit equation tilts towards risk absolutely with kratom yeah um you know i think there are more plausible ways to address fatigue than to take a oh uncertain substance
1: and and this is interesting Kratom has a long history of use in Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. where it's commonly known as Thang, <laughs> kakwam, Tham, Ketum, and Biak.
0: Okay. So. Do your thang. Do
1: your thang.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Oh my goodness! So Betsy and, and not Anna. everything
0: that's used traditionally is necessarily okay stuff. Yeah. You know. Exactly.
1: You know so what could be causing severe fatigue a whole lot of things
0: well we're not going to go down yeah. that rabbit hole because i wrote an entire book tired all the time how to regain your loss energy yeah. which is a sort of a treatise on all the different
1: all the different potential
0: things. causes of fatigue. of fatigue absolutely and you know it's mm-hmm. it's very complicated but to look for one extraneous fix yeah i think is to ignore the possible underpinnings of the fatigue
1: and and i think the real question to ask uh this is for betsy is why is the severe fatigue there? It is a symptom. Then why are you treating a symptom? Don't you want to find out exactly. why? Yeah. Instead of taking some fang,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even at small doses. So it's it's all about root causes, root causes, root Ab- causes.
1: Absolutely. Because your symptom is telling you something. Yeah, You should be inquisitive about it. And
0: then it. we have a second one on, on kratom.
1: No, that was it. Your oh. thoughts. on Your thoughts is a oh, possible okay. right. supplement.
0: Right just in general. Yeah, I think about it as as wild and crazy with mind altering things as I go. Uh huh. Is, is maybe CBD. Mm. CBD, which has you know subtle effects and mm-hmm. really might be helpful for pain, might be helpful for relaxation, might be helpful for sleep. Yeah. Um and or, you know, things like theanine may yeah. be helpful, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh calmative things like uh, rhodiola you know things yes, like that yes
1: rhodiola but these
0: are mild very subtle
1: yeah uh, mm-hmm. yeah
0: not going to okay. get in a lot of trouble with these things
1: no no okay all right we've got a, a, an email here from Karen hi Dr. Hoffman and Layla I've never cooked salmon but I'd like to start eating it would you huh. please provide yeah. a 101 on salmon what kind to buy how to know if it's fresh how to cook it I want to address
0: the how to know if it's fresh first. Well, first, you know, first yeah. I would say, uh, get yourself a plane ticket to Vancouver or Seattle. Yes. And uh-huh. uh, sample the fresh salmon. Go to Pike's Market and watch it. They toss the salmon, you know, like yeah. right off the boat and they toss it onto the ice right in front of you. Wow. And that's, there's like, I've, I've never had such a good time eating salmon as I did in Seattle one, one summer. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's just really fresh Salmon. There you go. But, you know, maybe you can go into the difference between the farmed and the wild. Yes. And, yeah. yeah.
1: The far- First of all, there are different types. King salmon is also known as Chinook, but more commonly known as king. There's coho, there's pink, there's sockeye, right? Mm-hmm. They're all good. They're mm-hmm. all good. It's a great source of omega-3s. It's a great source of astaxanthin. Your fish should never smell like fish. Mm-hmm. That means it's old. Yeah, it should not smell fishy at all, not one bit. Mm-hmm. It should smell like the ocean or have no smell at all right. or anything. That's how you would well, there's know. there's
0: almost a sweetness to fresh yeah, fish, yeah.
1: Yeah, And I did write a couple of articles, or, or one article anyway, on my go-to salmon to make on a weeknight. A few salmon fillets I'll throw in the oven, you know, with a little capers, some fresh dill, salt and pepper, a little lemon. Um, you bake it? And I bake it. At I'll what, 350 or something? 350, maybe 400. So 400 for, gets
0: it a little bit uh, charred.
1: A little bit, a mm-hmm. little bit. And maybe for 15 minutes, maybe for 20, depending on how many fillets mm-hmm. or how thick they right. are and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way to cook it. I I did, also,
0: by the way, I, in my opinion, yeah. salmon is not something to be had like m- rare or medium rare, unless you're no. going to have sushi. Exactly. I like it you know, cooked through. Uh, cook the through. red goes to pink. Absolutely. But I don't like it dry and desiccated. Either. No, 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 no. no.
1: And, and I think that's why a lot of people don't opt for sockeye salmon. Okay. It could get dry quickly.
0: It's dense. Or it could,
1: it could overcook in under a minute. Yeah, yeah. And then you're kind of stuck a little bit. Okay. Um, so that's one way. Another way is to poach salmon. This is something I used right. to do. Mm-hmm. I would poach salmon where then it's a little more tender. I do still like it cooked through, but then I might have a little wasabi alongside of it maybe a tiny bit of soy sauce. For those not knowing what instructions
0: like on poaching, Yeah, what is poaching?
1: Poaching is basically you're simmering it in some water, maybe with some herbs in there, maybe mm-hmm. with some lemon in mm-hmm. there, maybe some white wine in there, but that's not necessary. Right, Things like that. Mm-hmm. So you've got a little flavor Capers going on. Capers a little Capers, bit. Capers, yeah. sure. So you're, you've okay. got that in the poaching liquid. You're kind of simmering it gently. So let me tell you my
0: my go-to salmon Mm. recipe, and the family really enjoys it. I'm like Mm. the grillmeister for when the family is around. is we get a bunch of salmon. We'll get like five pounds of salmon. Expensive. Yeah. Okay. And we'll get into the varieties of, you know, the argument about farm versus Mm -hmm. uh, wild. But uh, I'll get good quality salmon, and then I will uh, rub it with... Uh, dark sesame oil, and then Mm. I put black sesame seeds on it and some salt.
1: Nice. Usually
0: like some, um, you know, coarse salt. Yeah. And so it it looks basically kind of almost breaded with the black sesame seeds. Mm -hmm. And then I'll throw it on the grill at high temperature. And there's, you know, I'm not one of these people Mm. who puts a thermometer and things. I kind of eyeball it. Right. And depending on how hot the grill is, how efficient it is, where it is in the grill, uh i will um you, know, you can tell when you
1: poke it a little bit with your finger six or eight minutes through. on each
0: side you know yeah. and then yeah and you know it's also the consistency when you poke it you know it's right like, is it, and how yeah.
1: thick is it
0: yeah right so yeah. and i'd like to have a little char on the outside mm-hmm. i think and
1: on a grill you have to have a little char so it's a
0: little blackened gotta you know. have it yeah and then i'll serve it and some people have it with Mayonnaise or something like that. And then you, the sauce com- possibilities are endless. Oh, yeah. But uh, mayo is a good thing, or tartar mm-hmm. sauce, if you mm-hmm. want. Um, that works.
1: Put capers in the tartar sauce. Okay. If you're making it from scratch, or if you've got tartar sauce, put some capers in there. It makes yep. a
0: whole lot of difference. Okay. Which is kind of fun. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful flavor. Lemon optional. Lemon optional. Lemon Absolutely. Yeah. Now, let's talk about organic versus.
1: Yeah, or farm versus wild. Now, I'm going
0: to tell you, I, yeah. and this is, make some people may be shocked, but I like, unfortunately, I'm used to the consistency of farmed. And yeah. because of the, I live in the Northeast, the, most of the salmon, quote, Atlantic salmon, yeah. is farmed. It is. It's farmed. And, it you know, that's the reality of it. Right. And you can get stuff shipped, but it is god awful expensive and it's usually frozen. It is. Um, so that's why I say if you want the fresh, you know, go to the you know Alaska, uh, Canada, of that kind
1: of thing, you know, right? British right. Columbia and even or Faroe Islands, yeah. even to some degree up in no, Denmark.
0: Those yeah. are farmed. Those yeah. are farmed. Icelandic, you know, yeah. or Scottish,
1: Scottish, but, Norwegian. A lot of the farms because the, the, there's so much salmon altogether. There may be antibiotics. The fish feed isn't the greatest.
0: The fish you are what you eat eats exactly. And so the they generally try to economize on the feed because they're you know voracious. And they consume a lot of feed, so the feed may be like cornmeal with some maybe some plant material. I mean, some some marine material mixed in.
1: It's going to cause the salmon to be more tender, even because it's going to be fattier. Even I like that. Yeah,
0: I like that. I like that texture, but Mm -hmm. it it changes the omega composition. You get more omega six and less omega three.
1: Exactly when it's farmed.
0: But I like a really you know uh, oily salmon. I don't like the really firm flesh. Yes. I thought it rather dry. That's more the wild salmon.
1: That's what you don't want to overcook. It's like yeah. a very, you, you, you have to stand over it almost, Yeah, you know, in the pan if you're doing right.
0: this in the pan. And you can get some pretty good deals on, on uh, wild salmon at places like Trader Joe's, but it's frozen.
1: It's frozen. Yeah. 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 I found at Lidl stores, they sometimes will have Faroe Island salmon L-I-D-L. that is not frozen. Oh. So. Wow. But you know you want to make sure when you open that package that it's not fishy smelling. That's mm-hmm. and how are you going to know? You may want to get acquainted with your local fish marker, uh, fishmonger, or go to your local uh, uh, farmers market if there's a fishmonger mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So you're getting something a little more
0: local. Okay. so there. let's also talk about you know yeah. the potential for pollutants now yeah. among the fish. Uh, salmon is generally lower in mercury than other Absolutely. species. Absolutely, yeah, so some it's of the lowest. Less of a concern for mercury, mercury, yeah. So, whereas tuna, swordfish, um, king mackerel, Chilean tilefish, sea bass, mm-hmm. uh, those are pro- shark. Shark. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Charlotte. however, mm-hmm. a problem is the PCB contamination. Yes. And, you know, I guess that's why when I try to get the farm salmon, I try to get, quote, organic farm salmon.
1: Yes, which makes a difference. But,
0: you know, the problem is there's no really stringent standards that's for organic. That's true. That's true. It's sort of a self-certification, and it's not really governmentally, yeah, um, uh, stipulated in my exactly in my but, understanding.
1: But I think it could give you a little more peace of mind choosing the organic farm ra- rather than a regular farmed.
0: Yeah. So I think. And and I also read an article once where they did, uh, I think it was the Times or something, committed, or Wall Street Journal did a survey where they they actually tried to. Uh, Ascertain whether stuff really was organic. They went to various markets and even some pretty, yeah. pretty well-known markets. And what they did is there was a lot of, mm-hmm. there's a lot of mixing and matching. You know, it's like, yeah, well, let's call let, we're a little short on organic. Let's throw some of the conventional in there, and that eh, people won't know the difference because right. it looks the same. Yeah. Um, One thing
1: I wouldn't do unless you're like in a five-star restaurant, a five-star seafood restaurant or a four-star seafood yeah. restaurant is order salmon on the menu if you're looking for wild if they're advertising wild salmon it likely is not yeah
0: and i would say that because you, know, you go to the fanciest restaurant and you get atlantic salmon yes whoa the atlantic the pristine waters of the atlantic i'm sorry it's farmed it's not it's, it's farmed. farmed exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so so you but you know mm-hmm. that doesn't deter me from eating salmon in the restaurant occasionally yeah you know? mm-hmm.
1: yeah all right karen thank you for that very thoughtful question Okay, we've got a question here from David. David is more making an observation But I've kind of turning this into a question a little bit I read your recent article dr. Hoffman on the best way to determine heart disease uh, I have a family history of heart disease But those who suffered in my family were smokers. They never exercise. I've never smoked I don't drink alcohol while not consistent all my life. I'm health conscious and I try to exercise. Now, I'm trying to drop about, I'm within 10 pounds of my goal weight, and I'm having a hard time getting there despite trying to limit my caloric intake to 1,500 a day. And that's pretty low for that an adult low. male. That is low. Exactly, exactly. He takes testosterone and he takes synthroid. Okay,
0: and he so says, he's, so yeah. in effect, he's tuning up his metabolism because testosterone will sometimes help with body composition. Yeah. And the mojo to exercise and motivation to exercise. And the, and the thyroid, you know, certainly that could be a culprit in causing people to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, slow down metabolically. So, yeah.
1: Right, right. And the other thing is, and especially if you have hypothyroidism, eating the same amount of calories, and these are quite low calories, 1,500 mm-hmm. a day. Uh, you're downshifting your metabolism even further mm-hmm. because what happens is mother nature thinks this is all there is right to feed david yeah. so i'm going to make sure he stops losing weight at some point yeah. read plateau so set he point. survives set your point. set point this is now your set point david and the moment you eat a little more than 1500 calories a day you're going to find that you're probably easily regaining the weight that you've been losing mm-hmm. you never want to eat the same amount of calories every day this is now considered dinosaur nutrition you want to keep mother nature guessing one day it may be 1500 but the next day may be 2200 and the day after that may be 1750 and the day after that might be 19 exactly. and we, we need to be all over the map with calories so be less concerned about your caloric intake but eat whole natural unprocessed food.
0: Now the other the way thing it's found about that is that he's not at his desirable weight, but I wonder what shape he's in metabolically, because mm. there are people who are above their ideal BMI or waist hip ratio or waist height ratio mm-hmm. who are metabolically really well tuned. Yeah. And you know, that would be based on hemoglobin A one C, on you know, lipid profile, uh Absolutely. You know, inflammatory markers. Mm-hmm. These would be indicative of optimal metabolism the other thing to be said about synthroid is that sometimes synthroid doesn't do the full job because it poorly converts to t3 and he might optimize his metabolism by going on a combination of t4 and t3 Mm uh with either you know natural thyroid Uh natural you know nature throid or uh or um, is cytomel an option cytomel maybe too yeah Mm -hmm. but um You know, and then the testosterone is really, really optimized. Is there some estrogenization of his testosterone, which contributes to retention of body fat, aromatization, Mm -hmm. actually, uh, which can um, result in uh, inability to shed fat, you know, because the testosterone gets converted to estrogen, which gives women curves. Yeah. And we can sometimes block that down. Yeah. Yeah. So there are some potential effects but you know it this may be a perfectly okay situation not everybody is endowed with the genetic ability to be um you know i would say true a ken doll
1: yeah but here's here's the thing david has going for him he's not a smoker and the people who smoked in his family they died early or they
0: had heart attacks
1: mm-hmm. they
0: had bypass
1: operations so you're already ahead of the game
0: david by the way coming up Coming up in the Intelligent Medicine Newsletter is an article on predicting your lifespan. Oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to share some uh, kind of interesting plug-ins that you can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an article that I originally wrote in 2018 when I was 65, and now five years later, I've, I've sort of rejiggered the article. And I plugged in some new numbers uh, because by the mere fact that I've survived five years, my lifespan is extended because you know. Whereas it yes. might have said uh, you know ninety two in sixty five uh, by one life by one uh, lifespan calculator, I got a ninety eight. Terrific. So, yeah, so you you can kind of play around with that. That's kind of fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's like the longer you live, the longer you live. Right. Yeah, you know? and since the well, so in other words, the the average uh, uh, date of the average. Uh, Lifespan Uh of an American male is like 73 or 74. That does not mean that on your 74th birthday you're going to die, obviously. Yeah. Because if you are 74, then all of a sudden you have this amount of time. Uh, When you get to be 110, the chances are start to be more like 50-50 that Uh you're going to make it another year. Yeah. But there's still 50% chance that you, you know. True. True. Right. So, it's it, and you know who, who really excels at that hmm. is the insurance companies. Oh,
1: the actuaries because they yeah. want to know yeah.
0: how much the payout's going to be on a policy. Exactly. So that's how they they really calculate and how much the premium should be yeah, right.
1: As a, uh, accordingly, right? Exactly. Oh my
0: goodness! Very, you know, you could get term
1: ease, term life insurance uh, much more cheaply in your twenties than you would in
0: in your sixties, right. for example. Sure. So. The thing to do would be to start early. But, right? you know, then if, you know, if you're a smoker, if you have a heart uh, you, know, you have a health condition. You don't all exercise. That, you're, uh, all you know, of all that. Things. It all adds up. Yeah. Right. So anyway, look for that in the newsletter. If you haven't yeah. yet subscribed to the newsletter, there's a drop-down menu there which says newsletter subscription. And you get in there and you get a newsletter delivered to you. What did you write about this week?
1: Uh, I wrote about, let's see, um, I wrote I recently wrote about the role of sodium in hypertension And then the other thing... Or the
0: possible role not of The possible role. Exactly,
1: exactly. That it's more about the ratio of sodium to potassium and what what I'll have going out next is what's regular when it comes to bowel movements? Everybody has an opinion about, no, you should go after every meal. No, you should go once a day. No, but I only go once every other day. What's regular? And I take a little dive into all of that.
0: Okay. Hopefully not a dive.
1: Yeah. It's a crappy subject. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's hard not to pun. When it's hard not to...
1: About. <laughs>
0: okay, so a uh, uh, um. good point which to pause because we divide our podcast into into two parts. And give us a preview of what we're going to tackle in part two.
1: Am I getting the right amounts of zinc and copper?
0: Oh, okay. Let's tackle that issue yeah. when we return. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman today with Layla Mutin. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. And questions can be sent to questions at drhoffman.net. If you've got a burning question or comment or want to share something that uh, you've experienced in the realm of uh, natural medicine or conventional medicine, have at it. Questions at drhoffman.net. We'll select questions for uh, airing in a future podcast. We'll be right back.